Welcome to the Quest Express, your passport to immersive travel experiences and cozy conversations. For curious explorers who understand the art of slow travel, we're your go-to podcast. Every few weeks, we touch the heartbeat of a new city where we chat with artists, innovators, historians, and entrepreneurs who make each city come alive. The Quest Express is not just a podcast, it's your ultimate slow travel companion. It's an invitation to begin your own quest. Have you ever wanted to travel back in time to the Renaissance period? We might not have a DeLorean, but we do have Italian Renaissance and Baroque culture expert Raffaele Dessi. A Venetian, originally from Sardinia, Raffaele began his career as a restoration architect and wrote his thesis on Venetian architecture of the late 16th century. Later, he followed his passion for fashion from an anthropological perspective. He's also a connoisseur and expert of historical dance, a passion that he shares with his wife. In addition to all these areas, Raffaele has also contributed to several documentaries as a scientific consultant, location manager, and casting director for documentary topics such as Vivaldi, Galileo, and Casanova, just to name a few. Let's trade our penthouses for palazzos as we begin this three-part series with Raffaele Dessi. I just have to say, first of all, that you really are a Renaissance man, both literally and figuratively, because not only do you have a multitude of interests, but you're also an expert on the Italian Renaissance and Baroque periods. Yeah, I always say that my only passion in life is studying, and uh, I'm really, 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 really curious. And so all the time that arrive an idea, for me, is always a good reason to start to study new things. And so in any moment, uh, any things that arrives uh, for work or for passion immediately became something that I have to learn and to understand from the point of view of the person that lived this period. Mm. And so I studied a lot from archaeological till contemporary things, because I also love really uh, contemporary, uh, any kind of contemporary kind of arts. And arts for me means from fashion to real art piece to architecture, you know. Uh, art is something that means that people are able to do something. And so art uh, is something that all the things that uh, an artist is able to do is a piece of art. A furniture can be a piece of yeah. art. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I just love your hunger and passion and curiosity for all of these topics, architecture, fashion, sociology, anthropology, fashion, anthropology. I love that the, that you're putting those two together. Costumes, dancing, music, events, documentary. So what I want to know is, where do you think this curiosity came from? Do you think it was your environment or background or what made Raffaele so curious? Well, first of all, I come from Sardinia that is uh, a big island, but an island in the center of the Mediterranean Sea. And I come from the center of Sardinia. It means that uh, uh, from Nuoro, that is a, a small town in the center of Sardinia, it means that uh, all the things arrive there uh, like news. And mm. so uh, curiosity is the only way that you can have to go out 
from this island and from this uh, small town. Of course, I love the place where I come from. Uh, you know, the first lady that won a, a Nobel was a lady that comes from Nuoro, simply because all the people that uh, live in this place, they have mm, a lot of uh, ideas that arrive from out, from Nuoro. And uh, if you are curious, we have a lot of libraries, we have a lot of uh, people involved in culture, and so really you can make a lot of questions, you can decide to grow up. I'm lucky because my two parents are both teachers, and so when I was young, I can ask everything, and they usually, or they have the answer, or they teach me how to find the answer that I think is one of the most important things that a parent can give you, the possibility to grow up in any moment without uh, the help of another person, but not because you refuse the help, but simply because if you do it alone, you are able to share what you discover with another person that have a different uh, way to find the answer. And so at last, uh, the independence to make your culture is a great way to share culture after. That's what happened today, because when I talk about fashion, of course, uh, I can talk about Renaissance fashion, I can talk about contemporary fashion, I can talk about, you know, anthropology at last uh, is the science that study the behavior of how people live and how people grow up. And uh, with the help of my parents, for me, this attitude born really with the first study I made in my life when I was learning to read something and to understand what was, was wrote uh, on a book. And mm. so I really think the curiosity and uh, the capacity to find answer uh, and after to share what you discover is what transformed me in the person that I'm today. That's amazing that you had that background. And it sounds like they also instilled in you critical thinking and then the ability to share it with them. When humans come together and share different ideas, that's what stimulates innovation. Yeah, so, it's the only way to grow up, I think. When, right. uh, you know, if you always think that you are in the right position, you never are able to change your mind. While evolution is the capacity of change, of course, you have to find the best way to change. I really hope that <laughs> I always find that the best way to grow up. Yeah. But uh, usually when you can compare what you think with other people, usually uh, it happened. It simply happened yeah. because when you talk with people, they can show you different point of view that, for example, is different for experience, but you cannot have all the experience of the world. And so Maybe if you, you should have... be president of the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I prefer oh, to. Like some really I prefer. Practices. I prefer to be a servant of the world in this way. You know, you you can work more with people, uh, helping them instead of uh, tell to them what they have to do. I always think that the best way to share something, to share not only knowledge but also also feelings is to leave those things, not to talk about those things. So also if I'm a person that uh, is always studying, uh, always reading, there's a moment when you have to stop to think only about yourself and what happened in your mind. And that's yeah. the moment when you have to 
stay with other people and uh, try to to show what you think is important for you because in this way you really share something that uh, can change not only you but also other people yes you know is what i think i think you're talking about the integration process after after your learning it's not just to repeat facts and figures but to really integrate it with your soul and and your being. So I'm curious, I know that at the beginning of your career you were in architecture and so I'm curious about when you were younger because I know for for myself there were some clues about my interests very young, 6, 10, 12. And so with all of these passions, what do you think was the first topic or subject when you were small where you were just completely awestruck or obsessed or passionate? Do you remember? Well, it's, yeah, it was fashion, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, historical fashion because my first great love was Lady Oscar, that is um, a manga, a cartoon, if uh, I have to be more precise. is I think the original name is uh, the Rose of Versailles. That's um, a lady that was born as a lady in a noble family, and uh, but the father needs uh, a son, not a daughter. And so she grew up uh, as a military, and at last uh, she was the personal guard of the king of France during the French Revolution. Mm. And so this one was my big first love, Lady Oscar. You can find it on YouTube because really is, uh, you know, there was the historical fashion. There was uh, a strong story uh, about people. She was noble, but she felt in love with a man that was her servant. And so Mm. at last there was also this mixing of uh, different social and class position and you know all the order that was totally destroyed and at last uh, they both died during the french revolution did they die of natural causes was it was it a murder no, no, the, the the man that because uh, a military killed him mm-hmm. uh, and she was trying to to help him they were the opposite you know because he was a servant she was a noble and so they both uh, at last tried to help one each other and at, at last they both died and so it's also the opposite of the the end the, the happy ending that we always wait for i was 7 years old when uh, lady oscar began and so it was the first time that I realized, first of all, that uh, human beings never change. You know, there are some things that are very important after I start study Catul or I start to study Orazio. Can I just yeah. ask you a question of clarification? When you say human beings never change, do you mean human beings don't change over history? Yeah, in terms... over history. Oh, okay, you know, okay. There are some feelings that you yeah. You know, love is love. Also, in, you know, when you read uh, Orazio or Catullo poetry, or when you read Shakespeare poems, when you read so many, many, many books, you realize that two persons that uh, uh, love one each other, they live perfectly the same feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, a father that have, you know, always fear that a child can have problems in their life, is always the same things. And what is quite fun is that uh, you realize that what uh, parents need for their children is always the same things. Mm-hmm. So at last you really realize that is happiness. 
what you you only wait for happiness of your children or uh, of the person you love so at last you realize that the very important things unluckily also war and many sad things of human being never change speaking mm. of sad things i was i was sharing some of your work with a friend and they said we need an escape hatch for humanity right now with all of the craziness in the world so a place to escape so i definitely want to get to that in a second but right now what what do you think drives you because i have in common with you that i'm i'm very much in love with the past and you're not going to believe this but i actually have um, let's just call it a castle project right now in 2025 and i've been working on this for about a year and i have a whole list of people that i want to be involved in it and i'm going to have 12 people there and one of the people on my list before i even came across your work was i need to find someone who is a menuetto dance instructor someone who can teach the 12 people <laughs> dance so yeah <laughs> i'm so excited so um i'm just wondering with regard to your passion for times of old older times do you think that is comes from an escape do you feel like you were born in the wrong time there was a moment that they say I'm I born in the wrong time simply because I love uh, old fashion I love uh, big villas I love palazzos many of the things and luckily here in Italy we have many I also have some of them so it's very easy to imagine the life in a big palazzo the center of Italy as my mother comes from Naples and so I know with this kind of life but at last when I really realized that nothing changed and what changes simply that instead to use a carriage you use a, a car but what you are inside is perfectly the same in all the period what you really need is always the same in every period mm. and so i i never try to escape from reality but i always try to think what i can do to change this reality mm. and my escape is this one you know when you work in production documentary you are always building something that is really temporary uh, because you work month for something that uh, at last is one hour and a half online and so you really realize that this escape as uh, this one is to give something to dream to people the the dream is not uh, to forgot what's happening around you but yes to give the idea that you can make something different and i really think that is what we have to do you know yeah. when i dance for me is a moment you you start with music and you totally bring out your light and people who watch on you they really see this positive feelings and i think that is the best present i can give to person or you know in many 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 situation when you start teaching dance when you start in teach minuetto or a bassa danza or a gaillard you know many different kind of dances historical dances at last you see people that at the beginning are thinking about steps and so as they are so 
strongly involved in the, in the steps, uh, they totally forgot what's happening around because they are thinking about choreography, they are thinking about rhythm. And so at last, they are not forgetting what is happening around to them, but they are thinking about something different. And this different, at last, is expression of their soul. And so at last, uh, is not an escape, but is to try to find a way to have a different point of view to what we are able to do. I want to ask you a little bit more about that later, but first, let's just explore how did Raffaele come to Venice? Why Venice? What brought you there? It's quite fun, this question, because <laughs> as I told you, uh, I have an house in Naples, I have an house in Rome, and I have an house in Florence. Mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, these three cities, there are architects, I'm an architect, and there are the university, uh, great university in Italy. The only mm-hmm. place where we, as my family, we are not in the city was Venice. And the first time that arrived in Venice was the first time that Raffaele was going somewhere in a city where you can walk. I don't have driving lessons. I was totally free from expectation. I was totally free to do what I really want. I mean, I don't have to ask, let's go there, let's do uh, this. As you know, in Venice, you have the Biennale Arte, it means that uh, you have the most important art uh, fair of the world here in Lagoon. So this year we have uh, the architectural fair because one is uh, one year is uh, art, one year is architecture. And every year we have the Mostra del Cinema uh, that, you know, is older than the Los Angeles Awards. It's the first award of the world about movies. So you have all these truly contemporary things because the Biennale is truly contemporary. But in the meantime, you have the Fenice. And so the most historical things, you have great and huge museums. And so at last, uh, in this city... Uh, you can always find the perfect mixing of uh, every period. You know, you don't have to say, I prefer Guggenheim instead of uh, Lorenzo Lotto or Academia Collection or Fondazione Cine Collection, because at last is art. And art is feelings sharing with people. And so a Pollock can be nice as a Tiziano without any fighting in this. And I think that Venice, you know, Venice is a water city. It's a city that is always renewing herself because you have the high tide, the low tide. And so you never have the same things to time, perfectly the same things to time in a year because the light change, everything change in any moment. And also, for example, is a city where there are not the public light. I mean, there are very, very low, it -hmm. means that you can see that it's going to arrive the evening and it's going to arrive night and really in many, many places where I've been when I was uh, uh, around the world, it's very hard to feel how mm, time goes by. And so uh, it's a city that is perfect for me because I always think that uh, I'm living and my life is something always different. And I have to be able to 
understand and live this judgment every moment. And it has everything you need. It said here that in your bio that you did a thesis on the representation of Venetian architecture of the second half of the 1500s. And I'm no historical expert, but I'm pretty sure that the 1500s were a rough ride for Venetians. Didn't they have a plague and the Cyprus conflict? Which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Is it, I mean, what informs architecture? What influences fashion? Do you think it's wars? I mean, that's a big question, but I'd love to know your You know, take. there is, uh, that's a very big question. And I think that is also very interesting, also because I love this city. Because also if there was the big fighting towards the Ottoman Empire, uh, what now is Turkish and this area. Here in the city, we have a great, great, great mall of Turkish that never closed also during the biggest war with, that was Lepanto. So you can imagine that uh, in this city, you really realize that uh, war is something different uh, from uh, the real human being. People are able to build something great if they don't think about war. And so mm. during Lepanto fighting, you have the Turkish mall open in the city just in front of the German mall. It means that really the mixing of the culture of this place, also, you know, the discover, of course, it's quite fun to use the word discover for America because it was there. So we don't discover nothing. <laughs> when when I always tell uh, people the discovery of America, what discovery? I'm pretty <laughs> Simply sure. someone arrived there. <laughs> yeah. Either you the know. aliens or China. I don't know. I don't want to offend anyone, but yeah, go yeah, ahead. But, you know, at, at last it's not discovering. And so really, uh, of course, was a, a great problem because the, the, the merchant totally changed. The, the kind of relationship between Europeans totally changed when uh, gold, silver, all the precious things start to arrive from America and not from uh, China. That was, you know, the entrance of the Orient uh, was uh, was Venice. So with the opening of the Pacific, to everything changed totally. But at last, uh, the fact that uh, Venice was going to become a poor city because of the merchant point of view, they start to invest money in architecture, in, in art. And so at last, the things that was going to destroy the city was the things that at last give us the Venice we know. You know, of course, there was fighting. Of course, there was the great plague. What you can do towards plague. But at the end of the plague, we have the Madonna della Sanute. We have the Redentore. We are talking about Palladium. Palladio was the greatest architect of uh, Italian Renaissance, and in America is considered the father of, of uh, American architecture. In this moment, uh, really, the father of uh, American architecture is considered uh, Palladio, and Palladio built the, his two biggest church just at the end of the plague to say thanks to the Virgin and to the Christ, thanks uh, and mercy because of the end of the plague. So mm. at last, of course, we have very, very great problem. But this problem can also show you that the solution can give you more than the problem. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Thursday and Saturday with Raffaele. 
If you liked the episode, you could visit us at www.thequestexpress.com. 